look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal. Uh, well, actually, it's just Dave. I keep saying Dave and Faisal. I guess I'm just used to saying that. Um, you're on More Than Money in News Talk 770. And about this time of the year, we always ta- uh, like to touch base, uh, touch base and talk a little bit about taxes, some of the year-end tax planning that you can do uh, in order to reap some of the rewards next year when you're filing your taxes. And no better person to help us understand what some of those things are that we should be looking at than Jamie Golenbeck, who is the Managing Director of Tax and Estate Planning for CIBC Financial Planning and Advice. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, as I said, it's always great to sort of touch base with you at certain points in the year, and this is always a good point uh, for people to maybe pause before the before the calendar year end and think a little bit about some of the things that they can take advantage of to you know to 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 give them the best potential tax outcome uh, for 2017. So let's maybe start the conversation with just uh, from your uh, your perspective. What are some of the most important areas people should be considering when they're looking for ways to reduce their taxes? Sure. Well, there's a number of things that you can do to reduce taxes, because remember that when we file our returns in April, it's going to be too late to do very much at that point. Mm-hmm. So most of the tax planning that we want to do, we want to do in the calendar year. And of course, you know, where we're now that we're into November, we're only talking about seven weeks left or so uh, to get some of the planning done. So for example, um, the most common one that we always talk about is tax loss selling. Now, that sounds bizarre, given that markets are sitting, you know, at all time highs here. So it's still a possibility, though, that if you have some, uh, so let's say, losing stocks in your portfolio, maybe there's a penny stock that you bought or that oil and gas thing that didn't work out, and you have some accrued losses, uh, it might be a good time to consider uh, selling those stocks before the end of the year, taking that capital loss, because that can be used against your winners. In other words, if you've got some accrued gains in portfolio or some things that you've sold this year, you're able to apply those realized capital losses against those gains. And if there's still excess losses, you can actually go back three calendar years and get a refund for the capital gains taxes paid in those years. And still, if you had some left beyond that, there's an unlimited carry forward period. What's new for 2017 is that Canada now has a two-day settlement period, which means that on a trade date basis, there's two days until that trade settles. So to be able to get your trade effective for 2017, we now actually have a later deadline than in previous years. You only have to execute that trade on December the 27th. And if you do so, it will settle before the end of the year. You'll be able to recognize that particular trade in 2017. So I think that's an important uh, consideration for some investors. Um, That's a terrific point. And, Jamie, maybe you could just remind our listeners, too, if they do take a tax loss on a position that they want to reenter, there's some rules around doing that so that you you can effectively take care of that loss. Maybe reminding uh, us around the rules of that would be helpful. Yeah, something to keep in mind. So the government has put in uh, rules to prevent people from doing what's called a superficial loss, which means that you sell something at a loss, but you think it's going to go back up, and you buy it right back the next day. Well, in fact, the government says that if you buy it back within 30 days, now not just you, by the way, you, your spouse, someone related to you, your, um, uh, your RSP, your corporation, things like that, anyone here buys it back um, you know, within 30 days, that loss is denied, becomes a superficial loss, not lost forever, but it's added to the ACB uh, of the shares. So basically, uh, later on, you'll be able to claim that loss. So I think that's something important to keep in mind. 
Yeah, for sure. I've seen some people get themselves into trouble on that. Now, if you're worried about being out of the market, uh, let's just say that you, I mean, this probably isn't the case, but if you were down on some bank stocks or something like that and you were locking in that, that loss and you wanted uh, still to be exposed to the market so as to not avoid a run-up, there are ways you can, you can position your portfolio to ensure that that doesn't happen, correct? Absolutely, right. So you just have to be out of that specific stock. Maybe you can move into something else. Yep. Um, but you just want to be careful that you don't rebuy that same stock uh, within 30-day period. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, maybe you can uh, give us uh, some of your highlights. What, what are some of the easiest things that people can do to, to save on tax in general? Well, I think, uh, you know, for example, charitable giving. So if you're going to make uh, significant donations at any point during the year, most donations are made now yep. uh, before the end of the year to make sure you get that tax receipt. You've got to get that donation in by midnight on December 31st to be able to claim that on 2017 year. But the biggest mistake we see is people are making substantial donations, whether it's several hundred or several thousand dollars to a charity of their choice, but they're just writing a check or using a Visa card. And in fact, it's a much better opportunity to make a gift of appreciated security. So if you have mutual funds or stocks or seg funds that have gone up in value, if you donate those in kind to your registered charity, not only do you get a receipt for the fair market value of what you're donating, but you pay absolutely no capital gains tax. Right. So it's a great way to, at the end of the year, sort of I call it tax gain donating. We, we talked about tax loss selling. Yep. I call this tax gain donating. Look at your portfolio and say, look, I'm going to make the following donations over the next 8 to 10 months. Um, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to take my biggest winner in my portfolio and I'm going to donate a portion of that to charity. I'm going to get my receipt by the end of the year and I'm able to pay zero capital gains tax on that accrued gain. I think that's missed by many people. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm just using uh, sort of Apple as an example. It's up 50% this year. So if you donated a share of Apple you would get a tax credit of $173, but your capital invested may be half of that, right? So effectively, you're, uh, you're sheltering that gain and allowing the, um, the government to effectively uh, give their piece as well to the charity. So you Absolutely, can maximize yeah. the social benefit. Yeah. Okay. I think Huge that's a missed awesome. opportunity, yeah. Terrific. Um, anything else that comes to mind just sort of as those very high-level things that uh, lots of people can do? Well, I think things that many people can do also is looking to make sure that you have uh, sort of maximized uh, various contributions. So, for example, uh, you know, our ESPs for kids, yep. great way to get a 20% grant on the first $2,500 a year. Now, again, you have an opportunity to catch up, you know, if you miss a year, but you can only catch up one year at a time. So, you know, good idea never to miss a year. If you've got young kids under the age of 18, contribute to the RESP, put in at $2,500 a year per child to get the 20% grant. Uh, you should do that by the end of the year. Uh, if you've got someone in the family with a disability, register a disability savings plan. Uh, very generous grants and bonds available for someone who qualifies for the disability tax credit. Again, it's on a calendar year basis. So while there are some catch-up abilities, again, good try to get that in uh, by the end of the year. Yep. On the same token, uh, if you have medical expenses, most people use a 12-month period. And end of the year, if you have an opportunity to perhaps prepay some expenses, your kid's going for braces next year, maybe you could pay for the entire plan in 2017. That puts you above the minimum threshold of 3% of income that you've got to spend uh, or a maximum of $2,200 uh, to be able to claim those medical expenses. So those are some of the common things uh, that are important for a December 31st year end. Sounds really good. Um, we'll wrap up this segment maybe just uh, with a quick discussion around around um, retirees and seniors. Is there anything specifically that that demographic should be looking at or strategies that they should be taking advantage of uh, before year end? 
Sure. Well, I mean, of course, if you turn 71, this is the final year to convert your RRSP either into a registered annuity or most commonly into a RIF. And that's a good thing to do. You can make a final RSP contribution if you still have some unused room. But you don't have the normal 60-day deadline this year. You've got to do it by December 31st before you convert your RSP to a RIF. Right. Um, the other thing you might want to consider, again, is, uh, is, is if you are, let's say, age 65, and you have an RSP and you're retired, if you don't have any kind of pension income, you may want to convert a portion of your RSP to a RIF early. Not the whole thing, but a portion to allow you to get the pension income credit because once you're 65, a withdrawal from a RIF counts as pension income. And if you take in $2,000 a year, you get a pension credit on $2,000 uh, every single year from age 65 to 71. So, again, that's a kind of a little-known strategy for retirees who have no pension income, um, who otherwise are waiting for their RSPs to mature, uh, who to convert maybe a portion, maybe seven years' worth early uh, of an RSP to a RIF to be able to be able to get that pension income credit on an annual basis. I think that's terrific advice. Uh, Jamie, I know your time is tight today. I want to thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. We've been joined by Jamie, uh, Jamie Golenbeck, who's the Managing Director of Tax and Estate Planning for CIBC Financial Planning Advice. Uh, always a good uh, idea to uh, pause towards the end of the year. Make sure that you've, got, uh, you've taken advantage of all of the opportunities within the rules that you have to minimize your tax burden. Faisal and I often talk about that in the seminar that you know, a percent saved in tax is like a percent earned uh, because you live on after-tax income, not pre-tax income. And on that particular note, we're going to talk about uh, the income, how you draw income, how you position a portfolio to protect in the event that, you know, with markets trading, stock markets trading at all-time highs, how do I protect my income from uh, and my portfolio, portfolio from these wild swings in the event that, uh, valuations pull back at any point. So let me remind you that we've got our next seminar coming up on Tuesday, November the 21st. That's going to be at 7 o'clock. It's one hour at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. So we'll look forward to joining all of our friends up in the northern part of, uh, of the city. Um, give us a call to register. Uh, you need to give us a call at 966-8400, or you can do that online at pkag.ca. Now stick around after the break to hear about a groundbreaking heart surgery program that's being performed right here in Canada. It's on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.